Behavioral issues in the workplace are often a case of good people behaving badly for one reason or another. And if you think you've got it bad where you work, wait till you hear today's guest. She's a human resources veteran who's written the book that every HR professional threatens to write about the unbelievable situations that cross their desk. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner helping you see business issues hiding in plain view that matter to your bottom line. Welcome to Business Confidential Now. I'm your host, Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, and today's guest is Cornelia Gamblin, the co-author of the new book titled, They Did What? Unbelievable Tales from the Workplace. This book is another creation from the writing partnership Cornelia has forged with her co-author, Barbara Mitchell. Their previous collaboration resulted in the 2012 release of The Big Book of HR. They've since gone on to write more books, celebrate their translations into other languages, and even received prestigious awards along the way. Cornelia Gamlin is passionate about helping organizations develop and maintain respectful workplaces. That's the reason she took her HR expertise and founded the GEMS Group, a management consulting firm that offers solutions to a variety of HR and business issues because managing people is the most challenging part of any business leader's day. She's here today to talk about her upcoming book, They Did What? Unbelievable Tales from the Workplace, so this ought to be fun. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Cornelia. Hi, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's so nice to have you back on the show, especially with this new book, because I love the title, They Did What? <laughs> Unbelievable Tales from the <laughs> Workplace. You know, I've always said that fact is stranger than fiction. Uh, but then I understand this book is creative nonfiction. So help me understand that creative part. Okay. So, well, well what we did, you know, we, we wanted to use some some real stories and real examples but of course, wanted to make sure that we could write them in a compelling way and, and not disclose, you know, the identity of anybody or, or any organization. So we developed a backdrop to tell these stories in and, and we came up with a fictitious company and a fictitious cast of characters, some of whom work in the company and then others who are just good colleagues of, uh, of the main character, Mary Ann, who's the chief HR officer of this company. So there's lots of opportunities for people to, to sit and talk and share their experiences and, and you know, get advice from each other, um, all in a way of you know, crafting it around a story. I see. So that, yeah, that's where the creative part comes in. Okay. So the names of the guilty parties have been changed to protect the not so innocent, shall we say? All right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, com- yes. confidentiality. I get it, and that's only that's only yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. No real names, no real places. Just every everything in the backdrop is fictitious. And the other thing, you know, we did. We heard so many stories that oftentimes we would combine things. Um, so as to even, you know, mask what really happened that much more. So if I read between the lines, it sounds like a good portion of this, I mean, outside of trying to camouflage names and dates and company names mm-hmm. and so forth, is really based on true events. Absolutely. And, 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 and the really remarkable thing is 
so many times we heard similar stories that, you know, you, you start to scratch your head, but you come to the realization that so many of these kinds of behaviors happen over and over and over again. And in, in fact, it was funny. I was doing a, a workplace investigation last week and a few things came, you know, just a couple of comments that were made or a, a few situations that came out. And I kept going, hmm, that sounds a little bit like something I've heard before. And I think we've written about in the book. So it, it, it's like there's no new ideas. There's really no new stories either. So I'm curious, what's one of your favorite little vignettes from the book? Like one of those head scratchers that people outside of your profession would go, no, they really didn't do that, did they? <laughs> oh, goodness, there was so many of them. And, and I think uh, there were a couple that we heard that, that involved people um, and encounters with animals. And in one situation, um, somebody had run over a squirrel on their way to work tried to assist the squirrel and the squirrel bit them and came back to, to work and tried to claim workers' comp because, well, they were on their way to work when this happened. Well, that's an interesting twist. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, obviously, she did not get workers' comp for, <laughs> for her injury. Oh, my. Oh, my. So, yeah. Yeah. so what prompted you to write this book? But, you know, quite a number of years ago, I was teaching an HR course and somebody came up to me at, you know, at the end and said, uh, you know, because we were going through different, the different facets of HR. And she said, how do you learn employee relations? And, and I kind of thought to myself, you know, that's a good question. We can talk a lot about the basics of, you know, having good policies and, and you know, how, how you implement those policies. But, but it's really about having some practical experience, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of learning by the seat of your, your pants, if you will. Um, and, and hopefully you've got a good mentor along the way. And, you know, at one point, I think it was when we were, were writing the big book of HR and I had finished writing the, um, the chapter on employee relations and that conversation came back to me and, and that was kind of the, the genesis of this idea. And I went back to Barbara and I said, you know, when we get this book finished, we ought to think about doing something entirely different. Of course, we've been working on it for, for a number of years now. But, you know, the, the idea of, of getting stories and using stories as, as a way to teach people, we, we thought might be a novel approach. So that, that, that was, that's what got us on this path to, to putting this book together. Well, it's definitely novel. And I think it's really fascinating. What, what do you think is the biggest challenge that HR professionals and frontline managers face when dealing with employees that have these behavioral issues, you know, whether it's trying to make a workers' comp claim out of, you know, going to work, or I'm sure there's a whole lot of other examples that you could give yeah. that, that aren't necessarily straight out of a policy manual where it's very black and white, where you could say, well, that's, it falls in that category. Um, that requires mm -hmm. some discretion and probably a really straight face on your part. Sometimes, you know, but, but it's funny when you talk about, you know, not not being black and white, because we, we kind of picked up on that theme throughout the book and kept talking about, you know, you're, you're managing in this gray zone with, when you're dealing with employee behavior. And, you know, and, and I think I think the biggest issue for for managers and, and relatively new HR professionals is if they've never encountered it before, they think, oh, my God. 
how are we going to deal with this? This is so unique. And they really don't have a baseline for understanding what, what it is they have to do, um, you know, how they have to go about try, trying to solve this problem and, and, and get, get the right information and put it in place. And that was one of our goals in, in, in putting this book together to, you know, to first of all say, hey, you're not alone. And in fact, you know, what, one of the people that's given us an endorsement said, you know, if you think crazy things happen only in your company, this will make you feel a lot better because crazy things happen all over the place. And, you know, and I think the repetition of stories, too, I guess, you know, we have a lot of scenes where Marianne is sitting down with her colleagues who are from outside the organization. And, you know, they, they get together just to, to try to, you know, get ideas from each other. And, you know, one of them will start talking about, you won't believe what happened to me this week. And they'll go, oh, you know, somebody else jumps in with, oh, yeah, I had a similar situation. So hopefully th- this will give the reader, a, you know, an idea of saying, hey, these things happen more frequently than, than perhaps I thought. And here are some different ways that different organizations have approached them. Well, I think that's going to be very helpful. I mean, when I was working in a legal department at a large corporation, I always found that things hit the fan around three o'clock on Friday. Do you notice any time of the uh-huh. week when it happens? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's funny you say that. I'm trying to think back when when, when I was in-house, but the, the last situation I had actually hit me, you know, on a Friday afternoon. And, you know, can you come and help us? We need some help looking into this situation. And Yeah, it, it, it's always interesting. It's not a Friday. It's often late in the day when you're, you know, when, when people People are kind of exhausted and scrambling and getting ready to go home. And it's all of a sudden, oops, we got to start dealing with this now. So, Well, who do you think is the ideal audience for your book? Who will, who will this appeal to besides other HR professionals that say, oh, yeah, that happened to me way just last week? What You know, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully we, we, we've spent a lot of time thinking about that and going, you know, who, who is our, our ideal audience? And, you know, obviously it is going to be um, a lot of HR professionals, but, but I think beyond that, it's a refresher of, of situations that actually occur that will help managers as well to say, hey, wait a minute, I've, I've had to deal with something similar. And as I, you know, as I read this book, I realize I handled it really well, or maybe I could have done a couple of things a little bit differently. And, but I think even beyond that, the conversational tone that we wrote the book in, because we wanted to, we wanted to put it in this narrative format and tell stories, it really makes it readable for anybody. And I think anyone who's been curious about what happens, you know, they, they hear about things in the workplace, they see a certain result or they think there's been no result. Hopefully that will enlighten a lot of employees to say, wait a minute, there's a lot more that goes on to, on around these issues and a lot more that goes on that we have no awareness of. And they're a lot more complicated than, than perhaps we thought they were. So are these a lot of things that, that fall like between the cracks in policies that maybe you don't even want to have policies for? Or would they inform creating even more policies? I, I, you know, I, I think I think it's a combination of the two, and I think a lot of it has to do with where a particular organization is. You know, if if they're, a, a, you know, if you're in a very large organization, you probably have a lot of policies and some good guidance. But even the policies, 
you know, need a certain amount of interpretation. And, you know, th there isn't always one, one right way to handle every single situation because you've got to look at, you know, all of the facts that, that are involved and, and, and oftentimes the history, um, perhaps with a particular individual, you know, with, with a, a situation that I dealt with recently, you know, I, I'm the objective third party on the outside. I don't know anything about the policies that, that they have in the organization. I'm just, I'm just looking at the facts of, of what occurred and, and talking to people. And, you know, in one instance, you know, I was working with a, an, an attorney on the case and I said to her, well, you know, there's enough information here that, that I, I would say could justify terminating this individual, but I don't know what, what the facts are regarding this person's employment history. Have they done it? You know, have, have there been other instances with this person? And, you know, if somebody had alluded to, yeah, this wasn't the first time, and, you know, and the, the company's got to take all of those things into consideration, and, and they've got to look at the employment history. And, and they've also got to look at things like, how have we implemented policies in the past? How have we treated people in the past? So, you know, a, a lot of that comes out in the book, because we, we really wanted to send that strong message that when you're looking at situations, you, you've got to take all of this stuff into consideration. And, you know, sometimes things pop up that, that you didn't realize um, or, or weren't, weren't disclosed initially. And then you've got to go back and, and look at some other things. So you know, that, that's what we hope, you know, particularly HR people will get out of this. That, that, you know, don't think you can just open the book and say the policy says this, because there are other factors that have to be taken into consideration. Yeah, I definitely understand, uh, especially the message that it sends to other employees who, mm -hmm. even whether you try to keep it as quiet as possible, things kind of have a way of leaking out because whatever it is that caused somebody to come to your office, say, we need to talk about Hannah, <laughs> is, is uh -huh, yeah. you know, <laughs> other people have seen it too, and they're like, okay, what are they going to do now? Are they going to do anything? Um, so yeah. yeah, you're right. It, it gets complicated, yeah. but in some ways I would think it's also pretty simple because the company needs to be consistent or it really ties itself into some big knots. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's, I think that's the biggest factor that, that companies, um, don't realize, you know, it's like, well, we kind of like this person, so we'll give him a pass, but we won't give the other guy a pass because, we don't like him as well. You know, now it could, can be a situation of, well, Joe's been here a really long time. And, and, and this is kind of the first time he's messed up. So we may treat him a little bit differently than we're going to treat Ed over here. Cause Ed's only been with us a couple of months and this is the third time he's messed up. And, you know, I, I think it's time for Ed to go, but we're willing to give Joe, you know, a little bit more of a chance and a little bit more time to straighten things out. Yeah, exactly. So with with all of these stories, is there a, mm -hmm. a pattern in terms of the types of topics that have unifying threads, whether, I mean, you mentioned the workers' comp, you know, and people trying to stretch mm -hmm. a definition there. Are there other like clusters of, of topics that you can identify and share with us without giving away too much of the book? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, that, you know, the, the interesting thing was when we set out to write this book, you know, we, we started to talk to colleagues, um, you know, people that we have, we've worked with people that we've known for a long time and, and kind of said, you know, tell, tell us some of your best 
stories. Tell us some of the, the biggest challenges that, that you've, um, heard, you know, you've had to deal with. And, and we were just, you know, recording what we heard from them initially. And once we started to gather a lot of stories, a pattern certainly did emerge. You know, there were, there were a number of issues around problems that occurred during interviews, problems that occurred during the termination process. Um, obviously, we heard a lot about sexual harassment, which, um, you know, th- there's a chapter on. Heard a number of things around workplace affairs and people acting out and engaging in sexual behavior in the workplace. And, and I was surprised at how many stories we heard around that particular theme. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned the workers' comp, and we had, a, you know, had a couple that, that were around um, people dealing with animals um, that, that, that were quite amusing. So, yeah, there, there, there are definitely themes, and, and that's how we ended up organizing the book and, and you know, putting them into, uh, into particular chapters so we could talk about, you know, some specific issues all together in one chapter. You know, and, uh, another big one was social media and, you know, how, how organizations are dealing with, with some of those challenges these days. Well, let's talk about social media for, uh, for a moment. What are the big hiccups with social media that you've seen? You know, I mean, I think one of the biggest issues is people don't often realize when they put something out on social media, they can be implicating the company, even, even if they don't intend to. You know, in a, a classic example, and, and we had several of these um, that people told us. So, you know, somebody will put, you know, they have a Facebook page that they put their profile out there on Facebook and they may name, you know, XYZ company as my employer. Then they put something out that has nothing, nothing that's work related at all, uh, but they'll put something negative on social media and it has come back to the company. Um, you know, people calling the company and saying, do you know what one of your employees did? And, you know, do you understand, you know, what happened? And, you know, now the company's involved in this situation. And even though the employee didn't say anything about the company particularly. So, so it, it's, un, it, it's trying to get employees to recognize and getting managers to recognize as well that, you know, e- even though this may be personal behavior, sometimes the company gets implicated in a situation because, because of social media. And, and it's kind of hard to, to disentangle all of that. I see that. I mean, and Facebook, I think, is a good example of, you know, almost anything goes on Facebook. Uh, they're trying to implement mm-hmm. Some, mm-hmm. some policies. But what about LinkedIn, which tends to be a more professional social media site where people are actually using it to network and maybe find a new job? Do you, do you, yeah. do you see yeah. the same types of uh factors working there as well because they do want to mention their name the the company name i mean you know yes they do yes yeah yeah they do and you know and and i think people uh, when they're using linkedin they they need to be aware of that you know who else are they linked you know who else are they connected with um if they don't you know if they don't want their employer to know that they're actively looking for a job that you know they they've got to take steps to um you know, either to reach out individually 
to, to some of the people in, in their network, uh, you know, and, and not to put something out there publicly, you know, and, and, and I think LinkedIn is, is probably, it gives you some more opportunities to be able to do that. You can message people and, um, you know, reach them that way, uh, you know, and of course, if, if you've been laid off and you are out of work, it's, it's easier to kind of broadcast that a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, but the other thing with LinkedIn, too, is it gives you an opportunity to search, too, and, and you know, also see what other companies might have positions that are available. So, you know, th- there is a job board element to that. So, so you can kind of do that discreetly. Well, I think you put your finger on it about doing it discreetly. But, you know, the people still have to be able to find ways to to network effectively for a job yeah. search. So that that's an important factor. And at least we have something like LinkedIn, which is great. So we've, yeah. we've definitely yeah. covered a, a lot of things here as far as topics where, you know, people are just kind of missing the mark. Uh, everything from the the interview and termination process to harassment and workplace affairs. There's a lot of sex involved here. I, I'm so yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. It, it, it's, not, it's not what we started to do, but, you know, it's kind of like, hey, th- these were the stories that, and, you know, and as I said to Barbara, because somebody commented on that, and they said, you know, uh, hopefully it drives home a message to people that this stuff happens a lot more than you think it might. You know, it, it's not some some random thing that occurs, so... But yeah, there's a there there are quite there's quite a few other areas that we cover in in the course of the book. So, so what would you want a reader to take away from your book, regardless of whether it's a manager or whether it's an HR professional? What's the overarching message that you're sending? What we really hope readers take away is that you know. HR is not an easy job to do. I, I think a lot of times people think it is. And there are, there are so many things that an HR person has to deal with. It's, it's not just processing benefits and, you know, uh, you know, making sure people get paid appropriately and, and that their, their compensation is correct and their raises get processed. Um, you know, the, there are those days when you sit down and you have your day mapped out as, a, as an HR professional and then all hell breaks loose because one of these situations occurs and you've got to stop and you've got to be able to deal with that. And, you know, and there's a couple of examples of that that are, are in the book where, you know, suddenly a day goes topsy turvy because something has occurred and, and it needs immediate attention. And, and oftentimes people don't realize that, that, you know, that, as I said earlier, there's a lot that goes on be, behind the scenes, so it's, it, it can take up a lot of time and energy, and it takes a lot of skill to be able to handle these situations and, and handle them appropriately so that they have a good outcome for everyone. I, I think you're absolutely right that there's a lot of heat that's involved, and there's a sense of immediacy, and it is emotionally exhausting for everyone involved. And it's mm-hmm. not easy mm-hmm. to, to thread that needle and navigate it. So uh, in terms of, you know, this sounds like a, a, you know, a lovely book with all these wonderful stories that, oh, my God, here's how it hit the fan. You know, you're not alone. This could happen to you, too. But in terms of looking forward and 
being able to guide people and help them avoid and sidestep these situations. Any recommendations there? Yeah, and I think you know we get back to to the issues of policy and and the issues of of communicating with employees. Um, you know, as organizations, um, if they understand that, you know, no, you can't always get around or you can't avoid people doing stuff that they ought not be doing in the workplace. Um, but if you treat people fairly, um, if you've got a good culture in your organization, if, you know, if you communicate to people that these are our expectations of you, then there are going to be no surprises. You know, when, when somebody does mess up and, you know, if, if they're terminated and other people see that they're terminated um, and, and, and other people that were affected by the behavior, you know, then people are going to say, okay, you know, the company's being fair. They're doing what they said they're going to do. And, you know, let's, let's heed and, and use some caution here before we decide to engage in, in the same kind of behavior. And, you know, and, and I think that that's a powerful message that, that hopefully um, everybody takes away from this. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Cornelia. The book again is They Did What? Unbelievable Tales from the Workplace. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. It was a, my pleasure, Hannah. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining me. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you can go to our website at businessconfidentialradio.com. It's got a lot of other powerful information and resources available to help your business grow. So be sure to check that out. The website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. I'm Hannah Hassel Kelchner, and you've been listening to Business Confidential Now. Have a great rest of the day and an even better tomorrow.